help you discover your many layers. You peel your car, you wake up, with fresh eyes. Question life, question humanity, question society, but most of all, question yourself. Let's talk about mental health. COVID-19 has hit hard. Many people worldwide are struggling with the socioeconomic impact. And in this uncertain landscape, with a pandemic that continues indefinitely, I thought to do an episode on mental health, also because World Mental Health Day was just recently on the 10th of October. This episode, we have Adriana on board to share about mental health in her country, Ecuador. My name is Adriana, last name Alzamora. Well, I'm a psychologist, clinical psychologist. I've studied here in Ecuador. I was born in Quito, Ecuador, which is the capital city. And now I'm starting this project with my friends. Uh, it's a psychological center, which name is Psicoquera. Can you tell me more about Ecuador? Ecuador is a, right now is a developing country, but it's really diverse. Quito is the capital. And we have four different regions, like a mountain region or Los Andes, a coast region in Amazon, and the insular region, which is more also known as Galapagos Island. So Ecuador is located uh, in South America, limited with Peru and with Colombia. What is the main sort of um, economic activity? In Ecuador, as a developing country, um, we have petroleum. Minery is one of them. I think fruits and exportation. It's another. Well, uh, right now um, there are a lot of poverty, mm. so most people just dedicate to like an informal commerce, like selling on the streets or doing a little bit entrepreneurial or just start a new business with the things that they can do at the time. And tell me more about PsychoCare. So how did it start and why, why did you decide to start this company? We decided to start it because, um, well, right now we are a group of young psychologists who saw the necessity of a really good center of, health, of mental health uh, care. So we decided to start this project, and for us it's like, um, how can I say, it's like something big. We just got out from the university, we started getting our master's degree, and now we just decided to open up this, and we are trying to connect with people, we are trying to, well, to improve, improve our mental health, and well, also, uh, to stop or reduce the stigmatize that people have on on psychology. So, yeah, I think that's one of the things. We have five members on psychocare. There is me. I studied, I specialized in disabilities. There is uh, two uh, neuropsychologists and one in therapist. And I think... Yeah, and another girl that works with forensics and critical psychologists. So it's a pretty complete team. And we decided to start working uh, right now because of the pandemic, decided to start working on online. Cool. So you mentioned the stigmatization of um, mental health in, in Ecuador. So what kind of stigmatization is there? Well, uh, people just think that they, if they go to the psychologist or if they want psychotherapy, then they think that they are crazy. But it's not like that. Psychotherapy is not only for 
um, for crazy people or with people with some disorders, but also for normal people who want to, who need help and or have some problems and they can cope with it. So we can help them that way. I guess it's also that um, mental health struggles are actually a lot more common than we think it to be. And with like in societies in which there is traditionally or historically a lot of stigmatization in, in this area, it makes it difficult for people to seek help. It is. Uh, most people just don't do that because of that, because they think that it's wrong, because they think that they, that they can get enough. Actually, right now with the pandemic, struggles like anxiety or depression, I think it's, it's a lot more common than we think it to be. And because also because it's such a stressful time for everyone, there isn't a sense of job security and there is a, a large amount of uncertainty in the future and this situation is projected to continue for perhaps at least two more years and like as as individuals in this sort of context people would struggle especially if they're the the basic the income that people are getting isn't secure and do you have any sort of like coping mechanism or or tips on how, how to deal with this? Uh, sure, I mean, right now, I think that in both countries are really similar. Um, we really struggle a lot with COVID-19 in the pandemic issue. We have to just stop working at a time. People, Many people lost their job. To reduce that kind of impact that people have on mental health, we recommend just to stay to the routine. I mean, if you want to, if you, a year ago, if you were getting up, taking a shower, getting ready and go to, for the, your job, still doing the same. I mean, like um, get up early, take care of the house, take care of yourself, wash yourself, uh, keep your routine. But instead of going to the street, you just stay in your house and maybe do some exercise, which can also be helpful. Is there a surge in mental health cases in Ecuador since COVID happened? Mm, in Ecuador, I don't think so. Well, in Ecuador, mental health is still struggling to to get more recognition. So it is still hard for mental health to do that kind of study. Oh, okay, so it's, it's not necessarily that um, people are not struggling more with mental health issues, but that there hasn't been studies that were funded to be able to find find that out? Yeah, more like that. I mean, um, there are no studies, but they do struggle. A lot of people is struggling right now. Mm. And then are there any mental health support facilities or infrastructure in place in the country? Yes, we do. Um, well, here in Ecuador, um, just it's promoted by mental health, it's promoted by three different aspects like uh, promotion, prevention, prevention, and attention. Um, and all of these services are worked by the Mental Health uh, Ministry of Health. Many universities and organizations were also get together, got reunited, and to give support and provide emotional support uh, with a low cost or just by free. 
So there are many, many professionals that are committed just to help the other. And these um, professional services, are they paid for by the government or it's mostly private practice that um, individuals have to pay themselves? Uh, I'm both of them. I believe that in Ecuador we had a mental health system, public health system, that it's kind of, sometimes it's kind of dull, maybe it's low a lot, so people just have to wait for months to get an appointment. But on the other hand, um, this is free. And on the other hand, we have the private, the private uh, institutions, which uh, sometimes they offer low prices of maybe, I think that foundation, they can also help with them. They're just low prices. And if you want like, um, like a pretty, pretty good, decent mental health, then it's going to cost kind of a little bit too much. What do people do now to earn a living because of this COVID situation? I mean, I, I would imagine that a lot of people would have lost their jobs. Are people falling back into agriculture more? Um, how, are, how are people getting by? Well, um, people are just starting uh, some new business like restaurants or food or deliveries. And most people do not have the income. That's why we also decided to start with it, with the center, because of, because of this, because we saw that there was no job opportunities. And if there were, they weren't paid well. Well, yeah, most people are just starting baking cookies or doing desserts, that kind of things that they have. But then starting um, restaurants right now with physical distancing measures, do they get business? Starting a restaurant, um, it will be kind of hard right now. But restaurants that were working before the pandemic, they are just working slowly, starting again. We are just getting out right now. We don't have enough restrictions here. Are there no restrictions? Not that much. I mean, in, in the capital city, we just can take out our, our cars, depending on the number of plate. Um, if it's even or not. I mean, if, there, if it's like two, four, and six, you go out on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. And on the other hand, we have like... Um, three, uh, five, and seven on the rest of the days. And Sunday, everyone circulates, everyone do whatever they want. Sorry, can you explain that again? So you can only go out um, Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday? Depending on the plague that you have, I mean, on the number on the car. If you have a car, uh -huh. each one has like a, a number. On the car so plate. depending on that. Ah, okay. If you don't have a car, then if you go out like walking, you can do it everywhere. But of course with masks. So why is it that it's just cars that they're limiting? I'm not sure. Because I mean, cars, it's, a, it's an enclosed space, no? Isn't that safer than people walking on the streets? They do, it is. But we have here this restriction. I don't know why. Everyone, right now there are some um, protests about that because there shouldn't be any restriction on the, on the cars. 
so it's kind of weird and then what's the what's the covid um, 19 situation there right now is our cases controlled i no i i mean cases are going up like every day and um, we have holidays um like dia de muertos or we have like independence day uh, just in August, I think, and there were holidays, there were vacations, and everyone go to the beach, even though they said that it was with all the restrictions and the safety, but people got a lot of sick. Okay. A lot of people got sick. So even if restrictions are in place, um, it's not very strict, and people would still yeah. break it. Okay, interesting. Well, what is what are the family structures like in Ecuador? I think it's like in everywhere, like it's the same. But now uh, we have the traditional family, which is like a mom, a dad, and sons or daughters, and that's it. Basically, most of the time, the one who earns money is that. It should it it was like that. But now both of the parents bring an income to their home. And within, um, within family systems, um, are our family members supportive of each other? Is it a more tight-knit um, sort of family structure? Yeah, I mean, uh, we have pretty support from our parents. I mean, in some places, like uh, you get your teen years, you have 18 years and then just let you like on your own but here's not like that um many people are supportive with their children um and most of them are still even with them i mean right now i'm 25 years old and i'm still even with my parents and they are helping me actually to build up the center culturally because i know that in in the west um most of the most kids are expected to leave home at 18 and be independent is that the same sort of cultural perception in ecuador or or is it because in in asia it's completely different you people live with their parents till they get married yeah in asia and in ecuador it's kind of the same okay i i think that latin american uh, customs and traditions are also like the same as as in asia very similar as culturally um between parents and children are they are they like friends is there that sort of honesty to share um problems or is there i guess some sort of barrier or stigma that depends on the family that you're grown that you were raised i mean um so well i was born in a family where uh, we were like pretty helpful with each other we support each other but there are also some families where machism is really hard and you can't express their feelings so that can also affect mental health are there certain mental health struggles that are more common in ecuador well um the most common that we have are uh stress related which can have like a physical or emotional effects uh, then we have um, depression anxiety and also alcoholism and drug addiction so 
that brings a lot more disorders and a lot of more problems, but those are the principal ones. And then how have people been coping um, with COVID-19? Well, uh, lockdown here has been like a, a really big struggle for mental health. So most people have developed anxiety or not only because of lockdown, because they can also stop seeing their friends, stop having social connection with someone. So, and also a lot of people lost their job. I think it's important that as a psychologist to give them more like tips or maybe support them more. I think that people are just coping with it, just going out every day because they have to eat mm. and doing what they can. So right now um, we are trying to, I mean, to help, like giving those, those talks or um, Zoom meetings uh, about these kind of issues. So people don't really cook at home. They, they would mostly go out to buy something to eat. Uh, most of the time, uh, it also depends on the neighborhood. I mean, we have a, a poor neighborhood, so it also depends on that. And that's where there are more people that are with COVID-19 that got infected. And then in terms of social interactions, I mean, I guess it's also quite different in each country. Um, in some countries, people were just staying at home most of the time. They don't really get to go out like some... Some of my friends in France were telling me that to go out, they had to um, print out a form and sign it. And there were police all around on the streets who were, who were really policing. And people could be fined pretty, a pretty hefty amount if, if they didn't go out with a form that was signed. That sort of context and situation during COVID would mean that people wouldn't really have much social interaction at all, apart from online sort of interactions, digital interactions or interactions within their own apartment or homes. Was that the case in Ecuador? How, what, how drastic was that shift? Did people only get to stay at home or do they still get to go out? Well, we used to have that kind of restrictions, like um, I think until August, I believe. I don't remember quite well. but. We have a curfew hour, and if people saw you, I mean, if the police saw you uh, between those times, so you were, you have to pay a fine. But of course, um, the curfew was like at 10 p.m., and it released at 5 a.m. So it wasn't that kind of harsh. People just still had to go out, could go out, and... Right now, people are meeting, and even though if they have restrictions on the number of their reunion, of number of people on their our reunion, people sometimes they don't respect that. And then, when did COVID nineteen break out in Ecuador? When did the um, sort of restrictions or lockdown happen? Um, I think it was in March or uh, at the end of February. So end of February, March till now, that's still quite a couple of months. And how, how have people been dealing with this? Um, 
do people still, I mean, obviously that would have impacted their daily routine. They would be less able to go out as much. Do, do they have um, substitutes for that sort of social interactions that they need? Well, no. Um, as you as you told me that it was over there, um, people just had interaction over online meetings or something like that. But most, they don't. Like, um, schools were closed and most children did not have an internet access. So it was kind of hard. It is still kind of hard. So not all households have internet access. Yeah. As I told you, uh, we have like poor neighborhoods, mm-hmm. which um, they can't afford an internet service. How, how do they deal with this situation then? Are they able to earn money to bring food home? Yeah, uh, most of the time they were working. I mean, they start working like um, selling fruits on the streets. Do they grow their Or own selling, food? yeah, they could go outside. There was a curfew um, at the beginning of the pandemic. There was a curfew from, I think, 2 p.m., until 5 a.m. or 6 a.m., I believe. But people still went out, and there were, like, a lot of protests about that because people couldn't earn their their food. And even if governments, like uh, the mayor, tried to help them, giving them, like, uh, a little bit products, like everyday products, like uh, milk, bread, uh, rice something like that um it wasn't enough or not everyone could get uh, food so uh, another organization like um private organizations like universities started to get these kind of boxes to give people food so it was more like uh more people just got organized to help the others and then in these situations when households are really struggling just to bring food onto the table, what are some of the coping mechanisms or strategies that they can adopt to take better care of their mental health? Well, that's, that's kind of hard. But, well, I think that, as I told you, just like doing, still going out to work, um, trying to earn as possible as you can maybe it it does put you in a risk of getting infected um many people have done that i gotta say it's kind of hard to do, to deal with that and most of them just need some support or just to take out all all of his problems because sometimes they don't have no one to talk to so they they don't feel comfortable enough to be able to talk to family about this issue? Um, most of the people don't. Is this cultural? I think it is, but, well, maybe not. It's more about, like, um, I don't want to put, like, a weight on the shoulder of someone else. So i rather stay with all the things that I'm struggling with myself. 
Mm. Are there sort of um, online support groups or chat communities or, you know, places that people can go to to share and talk about these problems? Because of the pandemic, there is not. And we are also trying to get this in our center. I mean, like group therapy or just talks to help people in the same condition, which can help each other also. So what do you want to achieve through this center? What are your goals? Well, uh, right now we are trying to stop the stigmatize on mental health, to help more people, to just advise some of them. Um, also, uh, the getting back to school on an online school was hard on other kids. Most people just don't had an access to internet, as I told you. So our main main goal is to help them and to gain more recognition and give more, well, to give more, like, give more this space, to give this space to more people so they can talk to, so they can support each other. And then... Will you be looking for funding to support this, or there will be um, it will be a ticketed event? How how will that work? Well, um, it's a private institution, so we are charging for that. But depending on the things that we do, uh, we can get like um, free talks, or it, well, let's see how things go. Um, we can get some. Uh, foundations to help us. And what do you think are the steps that need to be taken in Ecuador for greater mental health support? Well, I think that we first need these political public reforms um, more for a health code that is more comprehensive um, we need also to improve mental health services. As I told you, no, no, not everyone got the opportunity to get uh, an appointment to mental health. Maybe to just fasten that that process, and also reducing, reduce, well, promoting also mental health care campaigns. And um, what can people do to support your cause? I think that we are just starting right now. Um, so we want to get like, um, just to feel the place. I, th I mean, to get more access to, to services or um, also that way we can help more people who can afford a mental service. So who are the people who, who can afford um, mental health services and support in this pandemic situation because I mean there is so much job insecurity and even even people who are working right now because of the uncertainty in the future they don't know if they might lose their jobs in the near future I would imagine that people would be saving up more than they're willing to spend and it's so easy it's so easy for mental health to be to be put at the bottom of anyone's priority list because it's like 
you know, mental health, that's just mental health. I can deal with it. But then if I can't bring food back home to feed the family, that's more urgent. Yeah, it is. Um, that's why it's kind of hard for us as a professional also. So, well, um, most people who have the income, we right now are charging like um, uh, like 10 or 15 US dollars each session and most people can afford that. Um, I mean, it's not that expensive because there are also mental health uh, centers that offer the same service, like uh, 40 per session. But right now we are starting, starting with like a really low prices. And also um, Zoom meetings and talks and, and shop works. We are also charging for that and some of them are doing it by free. Do you feel like um, among the younger generation, people are becoming more aware of mental health issues? Yeah, I think so. Um, well, right now, I think that a lot of younger boys, or a lot of younger adults are just starting to go to the psychology, go to, go to a mental health center to cope with this. And... There is um, a lot of people that are also studying uh, psychology. So I think that there is more awareness about mental health. Do you have any last tips to share with listeners on how to better care for their own mental health? Well, um, besides maintaining their routine, I think that it's pretty helpful to find a hobby, to start doing other activities that you couldn't because of you didn't have the time. So you can start sewing or maybe just doing your own clothes. Not that hard. And also, I think that it's pretty good to talk to people. Mm -hmm. to talk to the ones that are near you or maybe just a friend who can help you. Thank you. And... Um... I think also like being present, that's something that I've been reading up on. Um, a lot of times when we're doing something, be it like sewing something or um, caring for a plant or being with kids, we, it's so easy for us to be, to be distracted by our adult worries and our anxiety and think about all the other things that we have to do. But actually in those moments that you, you set up aside time to actually um, be with someone or to engage in an activity, just be fully present. And I think that's, like, that's really important to note as well. It is. It is. As, as you said, it's like a really important thing. Um, you get away from all of your struggles. You get away from all that uh, dangerous thoughts. So it's really helpful. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you so much for sharing about uh, mental health in Ecuador. The links will be available on um, the description of the episode if anyone wants to find out more. Hey everyone, thank you for listening. Special thanks to Andrea for the music. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Play. Catch you next episode.